Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. I'm Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist and author. And along with me, I have my co-host, Jay Ciano, a New York-based serial entrepreneur, business scaling expert, and wellness aficionado. We are here to inspire, encourage growth, and most importantly, to live better. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Today we have on Jen Hurst. She's a full-time working mom of two kids and a sober coach who is helping women regain their health, their sobriety, and putting them on a path of wellness. Welcome to the show, Jen. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. I'm Erica Spiegelman. I'm Jay Ciano. And we are co-hosts of this Live Better podcast to help everybody push themselves to live 1% better every day. And today we have Jen Hurst, who is a sober coach and helps women regain uh, their lives, reclaim their lives and get sober. And also she helps people just explore what life would be like without alcohol. And so we're going to have a really amazing conversation today since we... Uh, Jay and I always, Jen, welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me here to talk with you and your audience. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're thrilled because uh, obviously, um, you know, I have an, my license as an addiction counselor and I'm, I write books on that and I've been sober 15 years myself, just in case you don't know. Congratulations. Thank you. And Jay recently this year has stopped drinking completely. Uh, Oh, awesome. His journey has probably been a little different than yours and I, you know, because I think it's, from what it sounds like, you stopped, stopped and have been working now in the field and helping others the same. And Jay's been, uh, well, Jay can tell you, but really an incredible, I love, I love to be able to have the contrast of everybody's different journeys and, and paths towards a better life. Yeah. And so we, we always love talking about this, so. Yeah. yeah, I love talking about it too. And it's so crazy because it, well, congratulations you both on your sobriety. And Thank that's why you. I love to, no matter where you are, we're all in the same boat. That's why I love to hear other people's stories too and just how they did it because no story is the same. And it's exactly. the one thing I was so nervous to talk about. And I, I mean, I was in the sober closet for four years. I didn't talk about it. I didn't think I was supposed to, but I felt like I had so much pent up in four years that when I f- did the breakout post, like I call it my coming out post, <laughs> it just like flowed out of me. And I'm just like, Brrr. and then yeah. I couldn't stop. Um, and it was one of, I like to think of my sobriety and recovery as two really important dates was the day I got sober, which is April 24th, 2013. And then the day I came out of the closet, which was September 7th, 2017, because that really changed the trajectory of my life and my career. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I'd be here. I mean, I would definitely not be talking with you two. I would definitely not be talking to hundreds of women that I converse with in my membership and coaching programs and just the amazing people I've met. And I haven't, I can't say I would be anywhere near confident in my sobriety if I didn't. It's, it's so crazy because Mel Robbins has this quote that says you're one decision away from a completely different life. I mean, one decision from not drinking, one decision deciding to come out on social changed my entire life. So I like to boost women's confidence and help them to feel better and more confident and own this choice and be so freaking proud of yourself. Because when you do so, then you're also encouraging someone else to maybe question their relationship and also to help them feel better. 
So it just opens that conversation, which I am so freaking excited to see. And it's such a great time and to look at your drinking and also to just really question what you're doing and how you feel mm-hmm. when you drink. Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't be more excited. So uh, two questions and, and I don't want to necessarily tie them together because they're uh, both interesting and, and important, but one, what made you get sober in 2013? And then two, why did it take four years to actually spread the good word? Yeah. What made me get sober? So I get that question a lot. Like, what was it for you? And I, I can't say it was one thing. It was a bunch of different things. It was relapsing. It was trying and failing. I went to three inpatient stays. I was really deep. We all have our own rock bottoms. Mm -hmm. And my rock bottom was, I was kicked out of my house. I had just married my husband. I came out. He didn't even know about my drinking throughout our whole courtship. And I came out as an alcoholic, basically a couple of days after we got married. And it was many different things of going to outpatient, um, going to my first AA meeting, getting a sponsor, trying and failing and picking myself up, trying something new, getting my second DWI, drinking mouthwash, drinking rubbing alcohol, all of these ways that I tried to control it and felt that there was really something wrong with me that I couldn't control an addictive substance. Little did I know that alcohol was a drug until four years after I got sober. I didn't even realize that, that it was all of those things that led me to the point of losing almost everything. As someone who came, came from a great family, I came up from a perfectionist family. My parents rarely drank. Mm-hmm. My father or my grandfather was an alcoholic, but they rarely drank. And so as someone who could achieve things, and I couldn't do that. It just broke me. And so having all of these things and then losing them one by one from not being able to control it and going back out until it got to a point where I just, I felt myself dying. And I knew I was putting so much pressure on my heart that I was in detox my final time. My parents took me there after a blackout. And I, I had blown a point three, four and I, and I, that scared me, but it was to the point where I had been doing that for well over two to three years. Mm-hmm. And how clo- much closer did I get to really, really death? And mm-hmm. so it was from that moment forward that I just said, I'm done. It, it, I, anytime that I hear about people dealing with alcohol, I'm so curious, like what the, how did it kind of get out of control? Like, what were you drinking? You talked about mouthwash and other things that are extreme, you know, nothing I've experienced, but I'm sure the community, everybody has a different experience. So Mm -hmm. what was it? Did you start with social drinking with your friends and feeling great? And then it got to a place that you just had a bottle of vodka under your sink or Tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, really, from when I first noticed that I might have a problem to when I got sober, it was about 10 years. And so I it started, I know the exact pinpoint where the the switch happened was when my second boyfriend wanted to go on a break. And I was living with guys at the time in college. I was 21. And they said, here, they said, take this. And it was Adderall. They're like, you're going to feel amazing. 
And I was so heartbroken over my first boyfriend that I'm like, I would, I don't want to feel this. I feel awful. And so I said, what the hell? I usually didn't do drugs. Little did mm. I know alcohol was a drug. I said, what the hell? I'll just do it. And I felt amazing. Adderall does. I dyed my hair. I stayed up all night. I said, this is the best decision ever. But <laughs> then that ingrained in my mind, oh my God, I can take away any hard thing with alcohol. I never have to feel pain again. And so it really ramped up that year that I started drinking before going on a date I, to call my nurse. I started drinking when I was working too much. I'm a workaholic. I started drinking to relax. I started drinking anytime I got nervous or when I would talk to a boy. And then I'd make a bad decision because I drink too much. And then it just slowly progressed to where I could not stop. I It, it became such a small habit at first. And I did the quote unquote normal drinking in high school and college. I didn't, yeah. it was all fun, no drinking by myself, but the more that it happened, the more I became dependent on it. And yeah. then to where I needed it, even to feel normal, to yeah. even offset my shakes. I couldn't even fill out my license application after my wedding because my hand was shaking too much and I couldn't read my writing. So wow. I took the application home, drank, filled it out, went hung over, actually still drinking to the DMV on the last possible day that I could get it done to change my name. And I took my picture and I had to live with that for, you know, five, 10 years. Um, but that was only what I knew. And so, yeah, it got to, it was very progressive, but it didn't happen quickly. It happened slowly over time, but me questioning, I think I have a problem. I was starting to do things and really regret what I was doing. I was starting to black out and not remember. Yeah. And it got really scary. And, um, but I'm very tenacious and I'm very persistent. So if you give me something, I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to do everything I can to prove that I can do this without anybody knowing because image was so important to me right. that no yeah. one knew what was going on, not even my husband. Yeah. That's, I mean, and to live, and my drinking was just like, I mean, it sounds similar to yours. I mean, it's, and when Jay asked that, it's like, I already know the answer because it's like, it, it, there's a, some of us are, you know, some of us are genetically more predisposed for having like a biological actual reaction to it. So the shakiness, the shakiness inside. I mean, I write in my book, Rewired, in the beginning, how I would lay in bed at night before I went to treatment to how am I going to get married and, and walk down the aisle and give him my hand when my hand's shaking? That was a, I wrote it in the book. I mean, that was a fear of mine. I would sit up all night thinking, how am I going to get pregnant? How am I going to do this? Because it really took over that cycle. Like it's so, it's so easy. It, it's, People imagine it's hard, but it's super easy how it happens. Like it's, it's really easy. It's just yeah. an endless cycle. And then you feel the shame and then you drink again and then you feel the shame and you drink again. And there's nothing else to really fix anything, but out more alcohol. So it's like, it never stops until you stop, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that was my experience too. I don't think it's difficult to fall into that situation at all. I actually think so many people I know are in that situation, but won't admit yeah. it. Yeah. Which is even, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, for me, yeah. it, it over, I stopped drinking completely, you know, uh, the last day of 2022. But, you know, for the last three years leading up to that, I was removing alcohol for one month, two months, three months at a time for several years and just changing my relationship with it completely. And the minute I started doing that, I was like, oh my God, like I feel something like this is weird you know, and actually sitting with my feelings as opposed to trying to just numb myself, which is exactly what you just described. So yeah. you know, I yeah. think that 
unfortunately, alcohol is marketed so well to all of us at such a young age that it's just, hey, shitty things happen, but you don't have to really deal with them. Just have some of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Jen, for, for being able to, you know, you know, stop betraying yourself, to speak your truth, to stand up. And I know Jay and I have had these conversations about holding yourself accountable through telling other people. And I think, you know, there's sometimes I tell my clients, there's a small, and many people are like, yeah, so of course there's a small, you know, like piece in us that wants to maybe, maybe not call ourselves out just in case we want to drink with someone else again, or just in case we don't want to like fully go on the record of being sober, you know? And, you know, I think when we out yourself and you, you have to kind of walk the walk, right. You have to back it up a little bit more. And like Jay, just, we, we had this conversation, Jay, about like maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, when you were saying, scary, I would never have said that I don't drink. Yeah. Yeah. Literally like six months ago, I was not okay with it. Yeah. So proud of you too. So that's, I mean, it's a big progress. It's a, it's, 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 we, you know, we can, as we, I think become a little bit more, like we identify with a more identity changes a little bit more. We become healthy people. We have other habits that begin to support that foundation of health. So we start to see ourselves different. All of that helps. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, everything in life gets better. I mean, it's like, I wish I knew this when you got, like, I wish you guys would have called me and be like, Hey, Jay, by the way, 10 well, years ago, 15 years ago, yeah. I well, wished. Well, and I think when you just said like, oh my gosh, I started to feel something. And as we all have kids of our own, I think it starts. And I've, I've, I've noticed the more that I can focus and work on myself, I can help my children get mm-hmm. on this earlier. So instead of telling my daughter, stop crying, I hear parents, even my husband says, says a lot, stop crying. It's nothing to cry about. And then when I say it's okay to cry, yeah, it's okay to cry. It's really important for you to cry, be upset, scream, scream into a pillow, like get it out. Like I want them to feel and not telling them to shun a feeling. Cause one of the movies I really like to tell my clients to watch isn't the movie inside out because Mm -hmm. it's all about the importance of feelings and realizing that sadness is just important as joy and you can hold space for both and both are equally important and you, it's not a bad feeling. It's actually really, really important. And you don't need to fix it. You just mm-hmm. need to find healthier coping me- mechanisms to move through it in a healthier way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So t- could you tell us, tell us a little bit about your coaching and about your community and um, as an entrepreneur myself too, and just, I would like to hear from you on the, from the business side too. How did that come to be and how are you approaching it, growing it. Yeah. And it's crazy how it happened. So I started sharing my sober. And to answer your question from a couple questions ago, I got into it. And what made me kind of come out of the closet was I started into beach body coaching. I, I've always <laughs> loved fitness and I was looking to lose the baby weight. And after my second child, and I got into beach body coaching, which was out of my comfort zone. I didn't share a lot on social, but a part of being a coach, there was something about it that interested me. And part of being a coach was sharing on social. So this was in 2017, which was very awkward to me. But I told my husband, there's no way people are going to trust me unless I start sharing about this big piece of my life Mm -hmm. and growing into nothing wrong with AA. But that's how I was brought into it through treatment and following the program that we were anonymous and I wasn't supposed to talk about that to protect it. So I lived in shame 
in the secrecy for four years that I internally, I felt ashamed about that we shouldn't acknowledge people in public and not talk about it and not mention that. And so it was a really pivotal point of, I just said, screw it. I'm just going to share it. And I didn't, I used to hide, I used to share in my soberversary, uh, a little snippet, not exactly what I'm celebrating. And I would hide certain people from work from seeing that post because I was embarrassed and I didn't want them to look at me differently. So this post, everybody saw. And I just said, Hey, I'm Jen. I'm an alcoholic. This is why I drank. This is what I'm doing. And I wrote through the phone and I ran into an AA meeting and I looked and I'd had just nothing but love and support. And I felt like this huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And from then on, I just kind of breadcrumbed it. I just said, I'm, I thought I was supposed to help women lose weight. I then learned I'm actually supposed to help women get sober and stay sober. And so Ooh. it really just kind of turned into this and how it came about was I started sharing my story and women started messaging me and I started helping them. And they said, Hey, thank you so much. I'm 30 days sober. And you helped me with this. You helped me with that. And then I thought maybe there's something here. Maybe I can do a rebrand for sobriety. And I really want to make this a fun and exciting experience for people because when I was brought into it, it was just really I want to motivate women to want to do this, that it can open the doors. Just like you said, it can ripple into every single aspect of your life. If mm -hmm. you give your, yourself the opportunity to fully experience it. And how can I help these women through this stage in a community and doing this together to help them to feel better through this process when your dopamine levels are low coming off alcohol, when you're going through withdrawals, when you may have anxiety, how can we move through this in an easier way? So mm -hmm. I started implementing these five daily habits uh, that are all proven to boost your brain, to rebuild your brain, which we know deteriorates with alcohol, to help boost your confidence, to help fill in that time that you might have spent drinking with something else and to give you a goal to focus on for those first 30, 60, 90 days. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is doing that together in a really gradual process. And I try to do, you know, I create habit trackers and fun challenges and I'm with them. We coach weekly. And um, I just try to make this just, a, again, a really positive and fun and exciting thing to help them look at sobriety in a new way, that it's not something that you have to be embarrassed or be ashamed about. It's actually something that's pretty freaking cool. And here's why. So movement is a really big aspect of my groups. And I'm not talking 30 minutes of hit. I'm talking about 10 to 30 minutes getting outside and going on a walk. Yeah. The physical aspects of changing your environment, getting outside, getting that sunlight can help you sleep better at night, can help to boost your confidence and your self-esteem to give you some fresh air. I'm talking about drinking water. Like how much water are you drinking? Are you just chugging soda all day? Yeah. I actually have my calming <laughs> tea. So talking about stress management, but as I also have some possible. water. Yeah. Me too. I got a big, yes, <laughs> yes. And, um, and reading. So reading literature of how to, of Quitlet, uh, moving your body and then checking in for accountability. So all of these and gratitude, actually, I forgot about gratitude of thinking the things of that you get to do in sobriety, not of what you're missing out on. So I really like to reframe that mindset to have them to look at things in a new way of what do you get to do Saturday morning 
right. because you didn't drink at night. So say what you did and then put, I get to wake up early and go on a run. I get to sleep in and not feel like crap. I get to remember how I put my son to bed last night. It's like those little things. I get to, one of the things we talk about, I get to remember to do my skincare routine or I get to remember to brush my teeth. Yeah. It's like all of those little things. It's like, I get to remember to be the tooth fairy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, mean, I love. That's what I loved in the very beginning was, was being able to wash my face at night and get into bed and have a whole thing, you know, but these are little wins when you haven't had wins like this before, you know, and that's, I, yeah. it's great. And I, I love to feel dream. I love that. You know, I always talk about cognitive distortions and just, again, the language we use, we talk about a lot and I think it's so important to, you know, just be able to be aware that sometimes our own thoughts are what's getting in the way of our happiness. So even if you're sober, you still need to check your thoughts. You still need to, you know, work with someone around language and how you speak to yourself. And of course, you know, positive self-talk and all the other good things. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge one. We actually focus on that in week two, because I think that's so important. So there's that whole think, feel, act cycle. So how are you talking to yourself? Yeah. Because I really like to think of you're your own coach. You're 100% responsible for your sobriety. Yeah. But that starts with how you're talking to yourself. So you are going to have to go into your brain and be your own coach and talk back to that person who's saying, yeah. no, you can never do this. No, this is going to be too hard. No, you suck. You just drank last night. You might as well, you know, throw in the towel and do it again. No, you got to start to talk back to that. And that helps with, like you said, like affirmations, really mm -hmm. just becoming aware of what you're saying. To it's really that. interesting to me that you mentioned um, that you were forced, you know, for business to basically, you know, put yourself out there leveraging social media. I did that also in 2016. And I actually, a lot of the reason that I'm sober today has to do with actually doing that. And then from there, I did some mental toughness challenges, which included- Did you do 75 hard? Three times, yeah. <sighs> Oh, so, congratulations. I did that too. Yeah. So 75 hard is really what started it for me of like the just removal of alcohol. But it's funny because when I was doing 75 hard, it wasn't about the alcohol to me, but it's how I discovered really how great things can be without alcohol. And it was also a way for me to like be able to tell the people with me at the event that I'm not drinking. Like I had an excuse so they yeah. would just stop coming at me about it. You know, they'd be like, oh, Jay's doing one of his things. Like, and at, at a certain point, you know, I didn't need that anymore. And I could just say, I don't drink anymore or I'm not drinking and whatever. Um, but it's fascinating because I didn't really make that connection so much until you just said it, that social media and then doing those daily tasks and then actually posting them on my stories for the last like literally three years, I've posted every night before I go to bed, basically my checklist of how many of the things that I've done for my day. And it's been such a great accountability tool really for myself, but it's inspired so many other people to get on this lifestyle, which is really, I think, one of the best benefits of us being able to do what we do is to share it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I did the same when I was doing 75 hard. I shared it every single day and I started on a whim. But the you only way to, right? that yeah. I was could stay accountable is if I shared it. And if other people were holding me accountable, then I better show up and I'm not going to 
I'm not going to back down if other people are watching me. So if you want to be accountable and like you were saying, Erica, that what you want to protect, you keep a secret. So I totally understand that if you want to protect and keep drinking, you're probably not going to reach out and ask for help or ask for that guidance. And I did that for many years, but it was something that I wanted to do. Something was going to be super challenging, but in my sobriety, I wanted a challenge, something that was going to be hard in the winter months of Minnesota (laughs) during the holidays when life is not convenient because yeah. it's how you show up on those days when you don't want to, that it's going to help prepare you for those hard moments that are coming up. And right. it was those daily walks outside that were the most beneficial for my stress. When I didn't have the time, those daily walks were the most beneficial because it allowed and it forced me to take a break, to get yeah. outside and just move my body and get some fresh air. So yeah. Yeah. if you want to you know, have social media help keep you accountable. I think that's an incredible tool. Yeah. Any way to help be held accountable. Like you said, like I just signed up for a boot camp and I'm now paying weekly and they're charging me automatically. So I was like, you know what, this will get me. I'm, I'm paying for two classes a week and I'm going to go. And I've, I've already been to three, you know, last week I did three and this week I just did one. And, you know, but I think it's, if I, if I just sign up for a package of a class, I won't, go because they're not, it's, it's already paid for. I can go whenever I want. Right. So the accountability, even on that level is great. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I too, I think just, you know, trying like when, when I, when I work with my clients is in terms of accountability, if you're trying to, you know, I, I think like not everybody's ready to give up alcohol, at least I'm sure you meet people like this too, that I work with right away. And so, you know, I'll say to them, at first, like, I'm going to say something really maybe won't resonate right now, but I'm just going to say it because I want to help save your life. Eventually, you know, that for me, what has kept me sober is putting it to death, saying it's gone. I buried it. I grieved it. I imagined the funeral for alcohol. I buried it. It's gone. Like it does not exist. There is no window cracked open. There is no door that could possibly fly open. It's not. And maybe in a year from now, maybe when I turn 50, maybe when I turn, no, it's dead. It's gone. And I think too, if you're not there yet, you know, in terms of accountability, that's fine. But again, focusing sometimes on the wins of like, okay, well, you made it four days then you made it one week. Then you made it one month, you know, like instead of, right. I mean, I'm just, there's so many other ways to kind of try and reframe how, how to look at this instead of feel bad about, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can even look at sober first, uh, you know, your first trigger hour or witching hour and you didn't drink, right. Your first yeah. party and you didn't drink. I just have a woman message me. She's getting yeah. married in June and she got through her bridal shower and bachelorette without drinking. I'm like, oh my God, that's huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah. A sober vacation, um, first right. Saturday sober, like you can, first 24 hours sober, like that. all of these things. And I really, really believe in celebrating everything Every in sobriety, especially yeah. early sobriety. Every yeah. single freaking day, do something really nice for yourself. And yeah. treat yourself, whether it could be, you know, your favorite dessert, but it could be a walk by yourself. It could be a bubble bath. It could be yeah. just your favorite show. Right now, mine is Vanderpump Rules. It's just, yeah. I don't know what, it's just sucks me in, but it's just yeah, being intentional about that. Yeah. And if you want to, yes, you can bury alcohol and do a whole ceremony. You can also write a goodbye letter to it. Yeah. I've had, I've had my women do that of just a breakup letter and saying, I'm 
done with you and here's why. And this is uh, what I'm going to be gaining by not having you in my life anymore. But the tricky thing about alcohol is they're going to keep coming into your life and showing up at these places like baseball games telling you, oh, my God, you know, this would be so nice to have a baseball game or a concert or this and that. But you got to keep that's why having a community is super important. Surrounding yourself with people who think like you and who are doing this to help support you in those times. Yeah. You know, and also I think creating non-negotiables are really helpful, you know, like non-negotiable hour of solitude or movement or, you know, non-negotiable, I don't drink or not like create your top 10 negotiables or top five non-negotiables or something. Because I feel like in my early sobriety, like, yes, like if I went, when I went to my first wedding, I remember, you know, saying, you know, I'm leaving by 1030. I told, I told even the people who's the the hosts, I'm, I'm so happy to come and be there for you guys, but I'm going to leave a little early. I have to get up early the next morning. I have something to do, you know, again, having a plan and having, you know, the non-negotiables is I think just preparation, routine, plan is everything in early sobriety. Right. And I mean, even to this day, I really do much better, of course, on with my routine. That's why I've never really gone out of my day-to-day routine. What do you think? I am so with you on that. I have morning routines. I am like clockwork. My body knows when to get up and Mm -hmm. I do everything just in order. But I agree. Like there's that quote, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. And before I go anywhere, I mean, if it's just like a half hour, sure. But I usually pack, I want to get a better cooler, but I always pack a cooler. I like of a million things, snacks, nuts. Um, I do uh, pumpkin seeds, all of these things to help maintain my blood sugar. Yeah. Just it helps my anxiety to just be prepared just in case. It, like in case there's a flat tire. In case yeah. the doctor's appointment goes long. I have my nuts. I have you know, I have yeah. my kombucha. I have all of those things to kind of treat myself and it's funny when I get into the car, my husband laughs cuz I have my coffee. Then I have my water and then I have my hydration drink. And so I'm like getting in with all my bottles. You sound like me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Same way. He's like, what do you carry in your purse? I have snacks. I have everything because you can never be, I mean, it never hurts to be prepared, you know? And no. And that's why I wear a fanny pack. So then, guys, it is one of the best sober toolkits because then it never leaves your body. It just, you need your phone. It's right there. You can call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get on a meeting. You can phone your, phone your accountability buddy. You can check into your membership. You need some snacks. I got those in there. You need some gum to help you with anxiety. I got that. Like all of, all of those things, I think is one of the greatest things to take with you. I love it. I think that's the best tip we've heard. I mean, it's true though. It really is. It's, there's something about helping yourself forward, you know, and like being safe. I always say this, the biggest freedom for me was feeling safe within myself. And how did I create safety within myself was doing what you just said, being prepared, thinking about, you know, as my blood sugar going to drop, what is all that? That's self-love, right? That's trying to build, build more and more self-love, which is the foundation, I think, for anyone staying on a healthy path. The minute, right, that we kind of fall off that, we could feel it when we get a little insecure. We, we've you know, our confidence drops, which is normal, which we all have days like that. But again, how do I pick myself up and demonstrate some self-love, demonstrate that I've got this, I'm safe, you know, going back to that again, I think all these things help. Yeah. And it's like, what is, what are, it's going to help you feel better? Like, what do you need? Um, 
you know, yeah, like, do you need to bring some snacks? It's It kind of brings me back to that acronym HALT. Are you hungry? Do you need mm-hmm. to eat something? And make yeah. something with protein, not some, like chips. Right. Uh, are you angry at something? Do you need to talk to someone? Do you need to work it out? Like a great, you know, a martial arts workout is fantastic. Yeah. Are you lonely? Do you need to call someone? Do you need to, right. you know, call your mom or go get outside, go on a walk, be where people are? Target is a great option. Um, is, are you tired? Do you need to go to bed? I think so often people are just really tired yeah. and you need to take a nap. I took a nap yesterday. It was great. You need That's to get great. to bed. What time you, how much sleep are you getting? And I really like to think, yes, sobriety is absolutely number one, but number two is how much sleep are you getting? It impacts yeah. so much so of much. your tomorrow self yeah. that really focusing. That's actually what we're focusing on now in my membership is morning and evening routines of making sure you're prioritizing sleep and getting the rest that you need. So your body and your mind can repair. That's amazing. So before we go, I just want to hear, can you tell us a little bit about, about the membership? What does it entail? Is it like a people join all year long and you have different, you hop on live every week. What, what does that kind of look like? So people can. Yeah. So it's a monthly membership. It's called the LHS or lighthouse sobriety membership. It's a monthly yeah. membership. So you can join anytime you can cancel anytime it's monthly. So you can buy a yearly membership. You can just go month to month. You obviously mm-hmm. get a discount if you do yearly, but I have monthly coaching. So this week or this month is all about morning, afternoon, and evening routines. Cause I think okay. we can each break those into your morning, afternoon, or evening. I having them pick one. And then you, we also, what's that? A monthly meeting with everybody? A monthly coaching. A monthly then, coaching. Yeah. And then every week we have three meetings that you okay. can pick and choose. I'm not requiring you to go to everyone. I'd say just pick one. And then because movement is really important for our bodies and especially our minds and sobriety. We have two fitness classes per week that a couple of my uh, instructors teach. So we have a strength and cardio session on Wednesday mornings, and then we have yoga Fridays on Friday. And then we also are going to come up with a book club to meet every single uh, couple times a month. And then there's also Marco Polo groups. So I'm really trying to find that sense of community of how can I instill that when we can't all be together. So mm-hmm. we have the membership, but then you're also broken up into Marco Polo groups, which is a video chat app to really get to know the other women in the group. So these are smaller groups and they've been really transformative in my group coaching programs. So I have my membership. I then have my group coaching programs, which are more intensive. And the next one starts June 12th. It's mm-hmm. called Lit 66. And why 66 days? Because on average, it takes about 66 days to build and create and implement a new habit. Yeah. And so I take women through the early process and preparing them through removing alcohol, going through withdrawals. I think it's really mm-hmm. important to talk about withdrawals, how to move through those first few days, that first week. And then yeah. every single week, we meet together for coaching. So every single week is a different topic from Great. like we talked about our thoughts, think, feel, yeah. act, the power of habits, nutrition, boundaries, yeah. triggers, all of these things that can come up as you make this change in your life. And I want to do this together yeah, with everyone while also giving you some really simple, stackable habits that we start off really slowly mm-hmm. that you can start right from the get-go. If you choose, right. you don't have to, but I, yeah. I recommend it. 
at the pace that works for you. And then we're just going to get through this together and I'll be with you every step of the way. So the membership is kind of for ongoing sobriety, but if you really want a smaller, more intimate group and really, really go into sobriety and improving yourself, then I really recommend the group coaching programs. Awesome. This is amazing. Oh, I'm so grateful for you and for all you're doing for women and just, just, I mean, just the, anybody that wants to get sober. I mean, it's anybody can relate to all these subject matters, you know, that we all need to work on boundaries. We all need to work on our, our nutrition and our movement and, you know, our sleep. It's, it's an ongoing process. So I think it's wonderful that this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of it. I was just talking to another friend of, it's kind of like a puzzle and all of these little pieces kind of fit together in their own unique way. To help you to just feel better and live a fulfilling life of the all these things play a role. The food you eat, you put into your body, plays a role in how you feel. Gratitude plays a role in how you look at life. You know, um, boundaries play a role in how you stand up for yourself and how you take care of yourself. And so all these things just kind of work together in their own unique way to kind of Mm -hmm. just build. It's not just meeting sobriety isn't just meeting. It's not just removing alcohol, it's really improving your life. Right. And so you get to a point where you don't want to drink because you feel so much better without it. And then you have a group of women there to support you and cheer you on when you might not have that support at home. Yeah. And they need it for sure. Many people do. So thank you. Tell everybody where they could find you. Yeah. So I really like to hang out on Instagram. So I am at Jen Lee Hurst. So J-E-N-L-E-E-H-I-R-S-T. And then you can also go to my website, joinlighthousesobriety.com for all information about my membership, my group coaching programs, and a little bit more about me. And then I actually, I also host a Tuesday women's free meeting every single Tuesday. If you want information on that, that's also on my Instagram page. So you're more than welcome to come check that out and join us there. Amazing. So many options. And that's what's, you know, anybody that is out there, just go to our website, check it out, see what, see what works for you, what you could fit into your schedule. Cause anything is better than nothing. You know, just even one little thing that you change is, you know, a win for sure. Well, And like you say, what's 1%? What's yeah. what what is one percent effort that I could do for yeah. my sobriety or right. taking care of myself today? Is that maybe right now drink eight ounces of, of water, pure yeah. water, clean water? Yeah. Not yeah. Uh, is it you know what? I'm just gonna go outside. And yeah. I'm gonna get some fresh air. Any little thing. Any little all of it adds up. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We're so grateful you got to come on and share your time. And yeah, we we hope to see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.